The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. Welcome, welcome to another Pottercast. That's old school right there. Old school. Oh my gosh! That's str- so, so that's that's the original Pottercast intro, Frankie. I know. I was an avid listener. As Did I you know listen. that one of the samples from that moment was from the song uh, "Blue" by Eiffel uh, Fifty Five? Is that their name? Sixty Five. What somebody? song was that? I know that. Why you know that blue? guy? He's like, I'm blue. Blue. Yeah, I don't oh, know what I the had words no idea. are. Yeah, that's cool. I, I just. It was popular at the time, and I just needed like a little uh, something. Fun for that fact. Moment there. Yeah. Fun little Pottercast fact. Yeah. There you go. Well, welcome to Pottercast 272, right? Ooh, yep, good. I think so. Sounds good. 272. We are on part two of our read through of the Harry Potter series. That means we are on chapters three and four of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, oh, right. boy. Or the Philosopher's Stone if you're in the UK. <laughs> I'm Melissa. I'm here with your, your other core podcasters, John and Frat. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Sorry, I stepped on your own intros it's there. It's fine. I don't mind. Ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> what, what'd you say? Ruined it. Ruined everything. Ruined, I, ru- I ruined everything. And I'm excited, guys. I'm excited to get into it. We are, it's just us this week, and we are going to go right for it. But first, let's talk about what's coming in the end of August. Oh, Oh, what's that? What's that, Melissa? We are all going to be in Dublin. Oh, Ireland. Going to Ireland. LeakyCon is very soon. We're going to be eating Lucky LeakyCon is like a month away or something, right? LeakyCon's like six weeks away. Don't take days away from me, John. (laughs) Don't take days. Oh, my gosh. It is... Six is there weeks a schedule away. yet? Do we know when our like uh, Frankie and I's early morning thing is? Is it Sunday well, or Saturday? Uh, well, let me tell you something. I did not schedule this one, so oh, you cannot blame me. Oh, wait, so you were the one who scheduled the other times? Yes. Terrible. <laughs> All except See, the last time. You had a, you had an easy moment there to just kind of shuff that off to somebody else, but I'm not that kind owning of boss. It. Owning uh, it. All right. So yeah. on September 1st, there is a panel called. The stuff you want to yell back at Pottercast, and I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> what? This is where, yeah, because our programming team have all been listening to Pottercast forever, and they always tell me whenever we put on an episode, I get texts from them about what they were yelling at the screen at the speaker while they were listening. So now they've set up a panel for people to yell stuff back at us, and I think that's really <laughs> that's kind of hysterical. Wait a minute, is that right? going to happen like during our live show? I hope. No, there's just it's just an hour of people yelling at us, John. So are we at, are we there sitting there yelling at us? Or are we going to sit and listen to a podcast with them as they yell back at the recording? There are people moderating this who have their own thoughts on things they've heard on podcast over the years that made them crazy and they want to yell at us. Wonderful. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's I'm really excited great. about that. That's fun. Yeah. That's on Saturday of the convention and then on sa- at Saturday night at a, starting at 11 in Dublin time, we are doing the Pottercast Midnight Movie Commentary, Deathly Hollows Part 2. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to do our own... That is a high-energy film. You'll yeah. have one moment to breathe. Have... 
people. Yeah, we're gonna be so jet lagged and but whatever. I'll I won't be jet lagged. I'll be there. I'll have been there since like Monday. You guys will probably be jet lagged. Possibly. That's really so. Cool. It should be. Yeah, we're gonna record it and we'll release it on this feed. But you should come be part of the live taping of our audio. Commentary. Yeah, it's just in Dublin. Come on. Come on. Well, I hope that some people are listening from Dublin. Yes. Oh, that's right. I forget this that's podcast right. goes outside of like. The areas that I know and think of on a regular basis. <laughs> I have totally that problem in real life too. Like I am not a quiet Same. person, but I have no, the intent. I just I assume the people who I intend to hear me are the only ones that can hear me, and it's a very big problem for someone who is so loud to have. <laughs> yeah, I've been on like trains with you and and other kind of public transportation when we're talking about something maybe a little bit sensitive, and you were just what like talking like there's nobody around. It's amazing. Yeah. It's not. It's great. Anyway. It's great. Never change. And then on the Sunday, September 3rd, we have our live podcast at 7 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Oh, no. It's at noon. It's at noon. Oh, good. Well, the expo day is going on in the at the other part of the hotel. We are going to be doing our live podcast leading into the actual closing of, of LeakyCon. Aw. Aw. Hasn't even started yet. We don't have to be sad. <laughs> But LeakyCon, man, LeakyCon's going to be amazing. We've announced Afshan Azad, the P- Padma Patil. Ooh. Oh, when did that um, happen? Uh, last week, maybe? How exciting. We announced a whole lit lineup. Uh, Katie Ling, who played Cho Chang. Ivana, who played Luna. Alfie Enoch, who played Dee Thomas. Louis Cordes, who played Blaze Zabini. Oh, my God. Um, and with, hopefully, a couple more that I we haven't yet announced. Ooh, a little pocket uh, Hero Hero finds Tiffin, who's young Tom Riddle from Movie 6. The whole Star Kid crew is coming. Um, oh it's really gosh. turning. Yeah, it's turning into quite. Wait, young oh, Tom Riddle. Mina Lima's coming. Young Tom Riddle from yeah from movie. That's Ray Fine's the one, the one actual who... like nephew, right? Yes, That's crazy. Yes, yeah. Oh my god, what if Ray a... Fine's just tags along just for As, fun? Because he has to. Because his uncle. He's like, yeah, it's he's an like uncle his, day. Like Sorry, supervisor, his moderator. I'm sure that's how it works. Yeah, uncles. We have a bunch of incredible YA authors coming. We've got the Wizard Rock stuff happening on Thursday and Friday. Wizard Rock stuff. The amazing Wizard Rock concerts happening on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> a Starkist show on Saturday. Like, there's just... This is... There's just so much going on. There's just so much going on. So you should get your <laughs> tickets. They are actually going to be out of Saturday tickets pretty soon. Oh, snap. Oh, shoot. Are we going to be okay? Let's see how nice you are to me. Oh, my God. Shut up. Give me my ticket. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding. That was me being right. mean. So, LeakyCon, extended commercial for LeakyCon. We cannot wait to see you there. It's going to be a time. We're going to have, we're going to celebrate 19 years later together. Oh, that's so nice. Aww. 19 years later at King's Cross Station. Well, guys, it's, it's been the water. 20 years since the release of the Harry Potter books. That is great. 20 years. It's been almost 10 years since Deathly Hollows. Mm-hmm. In like, how many days? Like two days from right now. <gasps> yeah, the 21st. Really? That's right, huh? It's tomorrow. I it's feel actually like tomorrow. we should have had something planned. These dates keep sneaking up on us. I know, but they really don't. Like, <laughs> there's such a thing as a calendar. That's, that's fair. Really that's don't. fair. But they do, like, you know, you just get busy with life and you turn around and like, oh, gosh, it's been 10 years. Like, how how does that happen? I don't know. That's weird. That's when it's coming on the 10-year anniversary that I tricked you guys into being my friend. Oh, I still am upset about that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I did bribe you guys in, with a free trip to Disneyland and a free Universal Studio tour. And I was like, JK, I have to. Yeah. But then that, yeah, then you guys stayed at my place too, which was nice. And that's when, that's when John and I actually became friends because you were so aloof is, the first time. You tell this story all the time like I'm this terrible person. No, just shy. But um, I probably was, yeah, just pretty shy. And I, I'm still that way. I'm still like not good at like meeting new people. Nah, it's just teasing you. You're fine. Oh, beautiful. You know, frankly, with 
without that trip to Disneyland, we would have never liked it. That's you. true. It's true. I'm a very horrible yeah, wasn't person. Wasn't it like free or something? What? Wasn't it like a free trip? Yeah, my dad got us in. Yeah, it was free. So cool. Free trip. All right. Okay, well, that's all the news we got. Actually, there's a lot of news. Keep going over to Leaky Cauldron when you can, if you want to get all the latest in the Harry Potter The leakycauldron.org? You mean the dash leaky dash cauldron.org? The dash leaky dash cauldron. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Org. That's not that sad. The dash leaky dash cauldron.org. Really we don't want everybody to forget about that. It's important that they remember that. It is. It is important. It is how we all got here. So, yes. yeah, I'm going to London in, for a couple of days and I'm going to go see Ivana's show and I'm very excited. Uh, oh, I'm jealous. Ivana, Ivana is in a show called Disco Pigs in London and you should go to it. Mm. Ivana Lynch, the actress who plays Luna Ivana Lovegood? Ivana Lynch, the actress who plays <laughs> Luna, Luna Lovegood. I should probably get less casual about that, huh? Yes, Ivana Lynch, the actor who plays Luna Lovegood, is in a show in London called Disco Pigs and I'm really excited to go see it. Disco Pigs, that sounds hilarious. What's it about? I don't know. I'm keeping myself unsullied. Oh, fun. No spoilers allowed. No spoilers. I hate spoilers. <laughs> I hate the spoiler noise. You hate the spoiler noise? Yeah. That's what, like, um, a bunch of leaky staffers said is, like, their favorite part. Like, when they scream back at the, the show, they love the spoiler noise. Yeah, I heard that, too. True. I, yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, chapter three. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, On right. to... Take it chapter away. Chapter three, guys. Book one, chapter three. Chapter three. So chapter three was about the Dursleys still. We're still at the Dursleys. They were kicking around. Like all those letters are coming in and they're like coming from nowhere. Everybody's no, John, confused. we're not even up to that yet. John, you, 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 you're jumping around. What do you mean? It's chapter three, right? Yeah, but yeah, like, well, that's the whole chapter that you just talked about. Oh, well, I was just giving you a little synopsis so people knew where we were. Yeah. Okay, chapter three, the letters from no one. So Harry Harry has just let set the Brazilian boa constrictor loose. The magic body. snake who can read human walls. Who can, who can read human walls. John, can... I've had so many conversations about this. Really? Since last time in my office. Have and it was like, they agreed or disagreed? They disagree. Oh, so, why? Okay. With all the things that you picked up last time. So like the lemon drops. Okay. What was They there? said to me, well, actually. Oh, geez. There was a lot of well, actually, but it was said by women, so it's okay. Well, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's like that's like the man's thing. Well, Let's actually. Let's hear it. Give me, give me. The McGonagall and Dumbledore weren't actually good friends at that point of the story. How is that uh, established? In various other pieces of Potter stuff. I would need it, to know right. that yeah it's in like pottermore and it's in they 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 knew each other but they were not the good friends that you see in you know in the later years yeah. of the book so no there's no reason for mcgonagall to know that he likes lemon sherberts and there's no reason for dumbledore to know her cat form either but he did oh, notice her i don't know i mean she's gonna be a registered animagus it's still sure. kind of unusual and they work together i would think sure, that but, uh, as the president or the headmaster of the school like you have at least the equivalent equivalent of a basic magical background check that would bring up an animagus form. Especially I, if she teaches uh, Hermione did say I mean, that that's she's as the, likely as not, John. But what are you saying? Hermione did say that she's the one of the only registered animagus in the last like fifty years. So yeah. it is and but she's like, a transfiguration teacher. That's a huge yeah, part of You think that would come up in the job interview. Oh, why are you, how are you qualified for this position? I, I don't know. I'm that's, an animagus. I'm the only one of fifty years. That's firmly in the category of might have happened, might have not, but isn't like, oh boy, wow, it's so weird that it didn't. Mm, I'm still in the camp of it's weird, though sure. I will grant them the candy <laughs> preference 
if yeah. they weren't buddies yet. Um, and then about the snake, they said that it's likely that the snake, um, which grew up completely around people speaking English, probably understands English pretty well too. Which makes, you know, it makes sense. It's just like any other language. Wait, if, who if said you... that it had a problem with English? Because you were saying that he knows what's said on the on the, on the the placard. And if he knows English, then he's probably well, no, my, reading it all the time. My thing was, is that... He could look around the corner of the glass wall. To even no, I know, but if you spend thing. but if you spend years in that thing, you probably hear a lot of people reading it out loud. When you walk up to exhibits in the museum, people read it out loud all the time. So he's probably hearing people talk about it all the time. But why can he understand people that aren't parcel mouth? Because it's the only th language he's ever really heard. Oh come on! You mean that all these animals in the zoo understand English because they hear people speaking English? I'm saying the the animals in Harry Potter we know that have language abilities are snakes. But they don't have a language ability. It's just Harry has a snake language ability if ron can speak parcel tongue by putting the correct the correct sounds together why can't snakes speak english why can't the correct sounds together and why can't a snake perfect a english? snake that's been listening to english it's all its whole life why can't he understand certain things like what i mean is being i talked to my dog all day and if she can understand like coherent like conversational english i would be very impressed and i would be really not conversational but if somebody keeps hearing. somebody keeps saying i mean i i grant you it's weird that he like knows bread and captivity and that and where the sign is like i i get it but it we, I think there's if here. we go with that line of thought then parcel tongue is mind control then it's not just talking hmm. to them. Because why why would it take a parcel tongue to tell a snake what to do then? Well, he didn't tell a snake what to do. He's just magic. No, but uh, but parcel tongues in general, like why would why would Voldemort need to speak parcel tongue to Nagini? Because Nagini, oh, I don't know. That's a good thought. But they they like don't they like speak telepathically or something? Well, mm. maybe after he's part of his soul, but that didn't happen until uh, the beginning of book oh. four. It's all very confusing. I, mean, I wish that we, we had some to, listeners that were Harry Potter fans that were also, like, able to really debate this. Like, if they were, like, professional debate or, or lawyers, even. Like, what if we had lawyers who are Harry Potter fans that could debate some of these questions on the show? Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Probably very yeah. expensive. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of shaky on this, and I think I'm actually misrepresenting what their argument was to me they about are this, screaming so hard at like, the podcast <laughs> they probably are let them let them scream it at us at like because i'm getting that wrong but there's something about it that they pointed out to me that i was like oh yeah right we can talk about it when i figure out what that is okay yeah That's none of cool. this none of this makes any sense but but i do believe no i don't i don't know how that snake <laughs> would know what's what's said on the thing i take it i take it no i am actually very like just for my own personal like study and interest like i would love to know the supporting text with within the Harry Potter series that establishes that Dumbledore and her aren't friends already. I don't know that it says they aren't like friends, but the timeline of them knowing each other seems to indicate that they are not as close as they are in the later. You know, like it's like when she comes to Hogwarts or something. Yeah, whenever yeah. that, whatever that information is that supports that, that stream of thought and that logic, I'm extremely curious about. So I would love to look into that or have someone send me links. Well, we should look it up because. Yeah, anyway, because um, that's really fun. Oh, actually, she's began teaching at Hogwarts in 1956. But there is something about they became closer friends after a certain incident. I'm remembering this now. Maybe the death of Voldemort? No, I think it was the death of her husband, mm. of her love, of the person. She she suffered a tragedy, and I think that's... Was she the deputy headmistress by that point? By no, the point of Voldemort dying? I think she was a transfiguration teacher at that point. Interesting. Why was she chosen for this particular task? She wasn't. She, she did it she on her wasn't. own. She wasn't. Really? Yeah, because that's why yeah, he's like, just... I thought that was you, McGonagall, versus like, oh, there you are. 
Hmm. Yeah, she was there on well, her then, own on her own volition. That's what I gathered, at least from how they were talking. Well, this is interesting then, because this is going to lead into some of my gripes with chapter three. Okay, great. And chapter chapter four, more specifically, is like all of this care, all of this thought to go in, going into you know where to put Harry and why. And how he's much better off growing up, not knowing any of the reasons why he's famous and all of these things. And what we know later on in the books about all of the magical protections he has while he's at the Dursleys. I'm having a really hard time believing or understanding why anybody would be surprised about how little Harry knows about the Wizarding World at the time that he's introduced to it here with these letters and everything else. And uh, why they would be so oblivious to how the Dursleys were keeping him in the dark. Um, why nobody would be even a little bit curious as to check up on how he's doing, you know, age one, two, three, four, five. You know, it's not like they have a hard time, you know, transporting themselves to Privet Drive if they want to. And, you know, she's a darn cat. She could be the neighborhood cat every once in a while if she's really curious about all of this. Like, she's... She's very curious and, and, and wanting to make sure that the Dursleys are a suitable family situation for Harry. Mm -hmm. But then it seems like once they passed him into the, into, the, into the house, then they just stop all curiosity about whether or not he's doing okay there. I don't think the only perspective we're giving of him being like surprised is Hagrid's. Which I don't. I'm not surprised. Hagrid is surprised because he's very idealistic and he's not thinking of it in a realistic way. And I would argue maybe for McGonagall, because once Dumbledore explained to her the need of the like to continue the blood magic spell that his mother cast and needing the blood of his like that same blood like mm -hmm. to keep that spell like sustained. I'd imagine she's like, oh well, there's nothing. Nothing can be done then. It's not, there's no other option. They're the only place where this spell can can reside. And so, like, I think McGonagall's more of a, like a okay, well, that he, he's a safe. Like, is more of a her intellect. Her curiosity was uh, staved. Is that the right term? Once she realized what he was doing. <sighs> I think everybody goes back to their lives and very few people are going to go seek out the famous baby, you know? Maybe not strangers. Well, but Harry well, the strangers says do people, seek him out. They do, they, or they, like, notice him, you know? But I'm sure that Dumbledore is keeping tabs. He reveals in book six that he has been keeping tabs. He's just not yeah. been interfering. Which goes know? in line with, like, the rest of the books. Like, he lets Harry run around the castle like a moron. <laughs> he really does. And he, and he banks on it, actually. He banks That's on true. Harry's... Do you Incredible. think that Dumbledore realized what he was getting Harry into? I think he absolutely did, but I think that the magic was too powerful. He had to go be with his family. Hmm. And I mean, I think he like knew what he was getting him into and still underestimated what he was getting him into, you know? Wait, what what do you guys mean that getting him into? Him in a, that he would lock him that I mean they actually like, you know, physically abused him for 12 years and for 11 years and locked him in a closet and you know. Uh, so and the way the way they treated him I like, see what you mean. Okay, if you think of it that way, that does seem a little weird that he wouldn't He's cold. Dumbledore's cold. Yeah. But there was no other way. This is the magic that kept him safe. That Voldemort could not. You know what? And like, there's that point where Dumbledore was all like, "I had to do my best not to fall in love with you," but he did. And so maybe that was just his defense mechanism. It that happened with him and Grindelwald. Like, that's the reason why yes. he held back so long with Grindelwald. He kind of ignored mm -hmm. it until he had to. Yeah. Right. And then maybe he's learning. He's trying to avoid that situation again. Him falling in love with somebody and it clouding his judgment. Yeah. Interesting. Do you like? It, it doesn't seem like Dumbledore had any reason to believe that. 
the Dursleys, or at least Petunia, would not have had a good relationship with her sister. Dumbledore um, knows everything. <laughs> he does, but... No, but he and, does. Petunia wrote to him. Right. Petunia wrote to him begging to be let into Hogwarts. He knows the deal between Petunia and Lily. But I'm saying, though, like, I'm trying to give him an out, you know, as to why um, maybe he didn't realize that these people wouldn't be so kind to Harry. Um, maybe if he didn't understand that dynamic between... Uh, Petunia and Lily. Yeah, I guess I can Maybe. see that a little bit. There's some naivety there. I mean, I think I think he he knew he wasn't he knew he wasn't giving Harry over to a land of like fame and fortune. He knew it was going to be people who disliked him. But also, again, what was the alternative? Voldemort being able to touch him when he got back when he you know mm-hmm. the family magic kept him safe. And even though it was not going to be a, a picnic, it was going to be better than growing up pampered and well, told he was special. So here's one thing. You know, the letters start coming. The letters are addressed to the kid under the stairs just that little moment was enough to freak you know vernon into saying you know what you can have your own room that's true yeah so all they had to do is something as little as that and no one did anything they didn't know they do something as little as that but that is a really good point because just the script under the stairs like they know we're keeping him crap and they give him his room and then, what was it? Was it in? I guess it was in seven or was it six when they float the idea of like kicking him out and then that howler or the bird flashes in with the. Yeah, it says, Remember yeah. my last. Was that six or yeah. seven? That was six. That was there five. There are so many good Dursley moments in the books that didn't make it into the films and I almost forget them. So many. Yeah. Yeah. The Dursleys are like 30 seconds at the beginning of each like, movie and it's frustrating. Dumbledore went to the damn Dursley's house and sat down and had that oh, conversation. Oh, I love that one. So much. And he said, he said he he took him to task for being even worse than he imagined yeah. that they would be keeping it, you know. So, yeah, I think Dumbledore knew, but he also knew that interfering just, you know, was going to make his life worse. What would have happened if he, if Dumbledore had shown up and scared the heck out of <laughs> D- Vernon Dursley as soon as Dumbledore left, as he would have had to at yeah. some point? That Harry's life would have gotten even worse. Yeah, you know. I so, mean, he should have just sucked it up and imperioed Vernon not to be a dick. For those 11 years. That could have worked. That actually is probably one of the better solutions. We got this moral high ground on everything. Who is it helping? The don't be a dick charm? Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. So they're, yeah, when the letters start coming in, it's, yeah, like you said, John, it's like completely astonishing how quickly they're so scared. Oh, yeah. And he thinks that they're going to, they're going to, like, they're just so deeply stupid. (laughs) These are clearly magically addressed letters. He thinks that if we move him from the cupboard to the smallest bedroom, they won't know where he is. Well, do you think that's what What? that was about, though? Or was it like they were already getting nervous that they realized that they were mistreating him? Yeah, I think that's probably more what it is. Like, well, yeah, if they're watching us, maybe let's not. Like, how creepy would it be if, like, you were doing something shitty in your house and then out out of nowhere somebody, like, sends you a piece of paper that writes it in ink, like, exactly the shitty thing that you're doing? Yeah, like, stop downloading stuff. You'll get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even that would be more believable than that somebody could be sniffing your your web package there but to think that like you're keeping a child under the stairs can we talk about the fact that also vernon went and got a gun which is hard to do in england oh good point yeah they have gun control (laughs) i'm worried for hagrid reading these chapters like 
you know, what if Vernon was just a little quicker on that trigger? I think, like, would anything have prevented yeah, no. Hagrid from getting Hagrid's shot? Hagrid's magic. It's like the idea of, of Lillian James actually dying in a car crash. It wouldn't happen. Your instinctual magic would... But what would literally happen if some, like, wizard took a bullet? I think it would bounce. Really? I think it would deflect. Without any they spell? would melt it. I think it's like a matrix. That, yeah, it's that protective magic that... That's awesome. ...that kicks in. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think, especially with... I think a wizard... A wizard caught off guard could easily be shot, I would imagine. Yeah, because, like... Where does that end? But Hagrid's half giant. And so that has to have a huge part of it. Like, I just think he's just physically, legitimately, physically stronger but, than, unless it's like in his eyeball or something. But think about Neville bouncing down the street. Think about Hagrid's reaction to the idea of Lillian James dying in a car crash. It seems to be that protective magic does does kick in when you're threatened by muggle, muggle ways. Oh, see, I just figured, like, when it comes to, like, Neville, in my head, that was always young, accidental, unfocused magic. Yeah, like, it he realized he was but we don't have, wanted but it's to... In yeah, but we don't have any examples of that happening to adults. Mm, we have it, we have know. it more along the lines of, like, I, I figured, like, if they were in a car accident, they'd be like, oh, crap, apparate out. You know what I mean? Like, But yeah. a car accident happens so fast. If apparition needs wands, you can't yeah. just apparate out of a car well, crash. Well, I'm know? giving you an example. Also, they don't probably use cars, so I'm just giving you an example. Like, uh, basically what I'm saying is, like, I think there's a trade-off between, like, for control, like, they've trained to control their magic. So now the magic has to be flexed versus it spilling out. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that was, I never realized I thought that way. I guess it just kind of intuited it. So, like, in my head, I always assumed that once once you're older. it does spill out. Well, we do have an example. We do have an example. Whenever it happens that Harry's wand starts acting on its own when, with the Dementors. That's seven. No, it's five. The Dementors with Dursley. Wait, he. His wand his wand goes on by itself oh like the lumos thing yes in the thing and then also in seven when the wand backfires on and granted well, that was so granted, weird granted it's an extraordinary situation but there is there is precedent for magic bursting out of you at, at mm-hmm. an important moment yeah but again harry is a lot younger there that's interesting i would love i'd Wait, love what are to we hear... talking about We're are talking... we still talking about Hagrid getting shot yeah because yeah. <laughs> how, how are we back on harry being young no we were talking Talking about the if accidental magic happens with adults, I just never okay. talking about the I fact never that, gave like, thought. that like yeah, what 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 happened? You know what would happen if? But would that Dursley be considered did, accidental magic? If you don't cast the spell to protect yourself yeah. against a bullet? I don't think it's accidental. I think it's uncontrolled. Oh, sorry. Well, so how yeah, many bullets same, could he take? You can interchange that with it, with dump, with with him turning like into. Like if you unload a, a whole ball. like gun on Hagrid, like how many bounce off like Superman? I don't think he could take a machine gun like yeah. like that. Now what about a squib? What about a squib? Like fake blood or a non-magical would they, wizard? Would they a have a magical. magical protection against a muggle weapon? No, they're not, they don't have a magic. Squib, no, what about magical. a muggle who? doesn't realize that they're actually a wizard. But they're not a muggle. Well, like 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 Hermione prior to being told she was um well, that would just be... a wizard. Like her parents are muggles. Like she had no reason to think that she could take a bullet, but could she or would she not have I don't know. See, like, when it comes to, like, like Neville, for example, like, I think a huge part of what happened to Neville is the fact that he was aware that he was being thrown yeah. off of a building. And yeah. so, like, that has to play in it. Like, with Harry, he was running away from people. He he jumped over the building. He 
hated mm. his haircut. It grew. There was a consciousness yeah. about it, even though it was unintentional. And so, like, I think if he came up behind a wizard and just shot him in the back of the head, I would argue that they would die. Well, yeah, and Hagrid didn't just stand there and, like, invite himself to get shot. Like, he grabbed the gun and smushed it. Yeah. Like, if he knew that he could magically dodge the bullet, I think he would be like, that would be an awesome way of showing them just, like, what they're dealing with here. Just go ahead and shoot me. Yeah, it would be more Superman, but like, hey, I think we're also coming up against, like, the fact that this was written for kids. And I thought, I thought about that when I realized that Hagrid unloads the whole Voldemort story on Harry in front of the Dursleys. And in the films, they make a point to completely remove all of that information and put it into a one-on-one scene with Hagrid in Diagon Alley. So I'd completely forgotten that that happened. Like, the fact that the Dursleys heard the whole story, that Dudley heard the whole story, and that that doesn't in any way change, you know, their opinion of him. Um, yeah, you know, true. that makes the Dursleys even worse somehow in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. They know yeah. the whole story. Anyway, let's go back to chapter three, though. Chapter three, the letters are coming in. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, but Dudley's we did... annoyed that Harry gets the and letter. It's getting to, and it's getting to his birthday. But we did, yeah. yeah okay, say at his birthday, we did want to talk about. You mentioned this last time, Melissa, when we were recording, maybe after we recorded, but about how like some people the uh, i think staffers brought it up to you uh that like they realized that you get your letter before you're 11 did you still want to talk about that yes we have to talk about oh gosh we got to talk about this oh, um yeah. you don't actually get your your letter on your 11th birthday now right i don't in my head when i like when you said that i was like oh yeah but that doesn't, like, shock me. No, you, I know, but, like, there's this whole thing now around getting your letter on your 11th birthday that people talk about getting their letter on their 11th birthday. No. Everybody thinks that that's when you get their letter. But that was only Harry that got his letter. If your birthday is an inopportune day yeah. to get it in time for Hogwarts, you're not getting it on your 11th birthday. You don't find out. And Harry's letter has actually started coming before his 11th yeah, birthday. Yeah, well before so, his birthday. Yeah. Well before his birthday, you know, it's just this like artifact of the Harry Potter world that we always think is true. Yeah, on your eleventh birthday, your Hogwarts letter. Co- no, oh, no, it man, doesn't. We're all so dumb. <laughs> you just go to Har- You just go to Hogwarts when you're eleven. That's not when you get the letter. Oh my god, it's a cool observation because. In my head, I didn't even challenge it. I was just like, yeah. yeah. But then when you think about it, when you get acceptance letters to other schools, they don't give it to you on the day that you get it, go in. Like, you get it no. plenty of time to buy your supplies. <laughs> like, hey, remember how school's coming up soon? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. I thought that was, that was interesting. I never even thought of it. Yeah. Also, like, a Diagon Alley would be completely just everybody go shopping on the same weekend. Yeah, I mean, come to think of it, it's super inconsiderate that they wait that long for these... You know, it's one thing if you're in a magical family and you know that this is coming for years and you can plan for Mm -hmm. it and you can get all your supplies and you can, you know, take the time to even research which supplies you want and maybe even get some of them secondhand and all this crap. But these muggle-born, or not even muggle-born, but even in Harry's situation, being pretty unique, like, they just have, what, like a month to figure it out? (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, that's it's right. Crazy. They didn't give him very. They should long. tell him a year ahead of time. Well, they said that that people come and speak to the Muggleborns. So oh, where the hell was Harry's re- they, person? They have like representatives coming to the Muggle family. That's right. They did say that to explain it to them. It's not just a letter. Like I think yeah, Dumbledore did this Hagrid thing on purpose. Now that I think about <laughs> it, like he's a total freaking troll. It's like, who could we send that would rile them up the most? Like they could have sent just about anybody. 
else, and it would have went over much smoother. I like that. I mean, once the Dursleys were being, as you said, dicks about Total it, why not, why not send a giant? Basically. Yeah. Good gosh, it might as well. But it's also somebody that they knew that the Vernon could not intimidate. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. Hagrid was biting at the bit to do this. But then they don't prep Hagrid at all for anything. Like, he's surprised about all of it. He's like, what do you mean you don't know about your parents? What do you mean you don't know your wizard? <laughs> like... Come well, on. Maybe like, they didn't it's, know. It's like they just grabbed Haggard to be like, hey, Haggard, what are you doing? Oh, you know, nothing. Also, I'm just sitting here with Fang. Like, okay, I need you to do something. Just go <laughs> pick up Harry. Yeah. And he'll be totally ready. Don't even worry about it. Well, Dumbledore says, like he said, like Dumbledore said there might be trouble, but I was not prepared for it to be this much trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. There's, there's going to be trouble. Now, Good lordy. I felt when I was uh, rereading this chapter and having freshly just watched the first three films. Did you really? Yeah, I've watched the first three films in the last month and a half. Um, hmm. I'm doing a rewatch with some friends from church. It's really fun. Um, cool. uh, my friend John has just finished the books last year, and he hasn't watched any of the films yet, so we're just watching them together. It's really fun. Um, a different John than this John. <laughs> I yeah. figured. Um, uh-huh. Ha-ha. Uh, but I feel as they really, really dumbed down Hagrid in the films. Like, <laughs> yeah, they do. Because I was just, like, I forgot and how... Ron and so many other people. Yeah. He's rather competent in the book. You know, he's still Hagrid, obviously. Obviously, he's he's bumbling, right. but he's not like oh sorry, duh, 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 duh. I don't know who like like he didn't he yeah. didn't mistake Dudley for Harry like when that didn't happen in the book I was like what that didn't happen because I've seen the film and I was yeah. like of course it didn't happen because that's one of the big points about stupid Harry he looks just like his father except for his mother's eyes like everyone says that about him so why wouldn't Hagrid know and I was just like yeah. he's not stupid so like he knew that was Harry so yeah he's not stupid at all you know he's so much more competent I mean he writes this whole letter to Dumbledore perfect grammar the birthday cake where he can't spell ha- happy in the oh, movie I know. always bothered me yeah it's really dumb like oh like he got expelled at like 13 like he had plenty of time to learn how to freaking spell yeah you know words yeah like what was the point of that couldn't they have why did you have to also make him seem like he wasn't intelligent just because he's big him being big and also intelligent is yeah. kind of the awesome part well they make him also much less intimidating if you think about it like the fact that all of the things that happened when he picked up Harry didn't happen in the movie, you know, including the reason in that uh, he used the spell uh, to turn D- Dudley into, a little, have that little pig's tail. Like, in, mm-hmm. in the film, it was because he was, like, you know, going after the cake. But right. in the book, he did it out of anger against Vernon. Like, Dudley was doing nothing. Dudley was completely you know innocent in, in in the book and and like he takes out all of his his anger at vernon randomly you know in, with the spell on dudley so like, dudley the didn't hell? eat the cake in the book did i miss that no oh my no, gosh i totally, totally missed happen. that that's so funny yeah. and he says like there wasn't enough enough uh he was too much like a pig in this yeah <laughs> like, i feel like i feel like the people sat down making this movie and they're like we need to make haggard less of a dick here mm. and like less scary because all these kids are going to be watching they're going to be scared of haggard and we don't want them. We want them to like Hagrid. We want them to be like big, cuddly Hagrid. Wow. I don't know. The happy with that, it bothers me. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me I'll too. give you that. Um, yeah. Here's here's a question I had after reading it. Like, Dumble, uh, ha- uh, Hagrid says that he, he saw Dumbledore leave a letter. Mm-hmm. Now, was that letter the one... Was that the letter to Petunia? Or was this a different letter? 
It was a letter explaining what happened to Petunia, but not the one, like, remember my last? That's a different letter. Yeah. Which one was that letter? It was referring to the original letter. He says, remember my last, which is Dumbledore's last letter to Petunia, but I think the letter on the doorstep is to them both, yeah. maybe? What was... You're right. Remember my last would have been to just Petunia and would have been when... Oh, yeah. No, the last letter. Right. Remember my last. Like, saying, like, you cannot throw him out. He can't. He'll be he'll be killed. So that's this letter. House. That's yeah, this okay. letter. That's what I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little callback. Well, I mean, it's to me, it's just fun. Like, it's like when you watch a movie or a TV series for the second time or read a book for the umpteenth time when you like realize like wow all these pieces were planned like like yep. it's just oh yeah it's just so intricate and it makes me really happy so yeah so there is a part in this chapter where as soon as Hagrid explains what happened with Voldemort at Godric's Hollow uh-huh. They, um, it says that Harry remembers something for the first time in his life mm-hmm. and it's the, the green light and Voldemort's high-pitched laugh and all of these things and it and there was a particular phrasing in there that said something had awoken in in his head or something was happening in his head and he was remembering all of these things and it's like holy crap you know like this is the part of Voldemort in him that's like reacting mm-hmm. And, like, this happens so many other times in the early books without, you know, like, anybody pointing out the fact that, oh, yeah, like, that's not, like, a normal memory. That's, like, the part of Voldemort in you that is, like, having a reaction. Oh, wow. And, like, super crazy to think that it was happening all the way here back then in, like, chapter four. Yeah. So I think without calling it Horcruxes, I think she did. I would not be surprised if she knew that there was just a piece of Voldemort, like, a connection that's that. Yeah. Whether or not she called it horcruxes or whatever already there's a connection mm. yeah it's like yeah. the whole idea of harry having to die so voldemort could die i feel like must have always been there she said that for sure she said that she imagined very early hagrid carrying harry out of the forest so she must have already known that he was going to you know die for a very important reason yeah no it was it's all here this is one of the cool things about going back i'm going back you know again right now and yeah no it's he remembers a high a high-pitched laugh. I also love, like, this is another thing that they they kind of only half-heartedly did in the movie, which was that Hagrid starts taking all the things out of his pockets, and it's a copper pedal, a squashy package of sausage, a poker, a teapot, chip mugs, a bottle of some amber liquid. You know, he just has, like, door mice, and it's just he's just this, like, ha- like pile of curiosities, and ha- and Harry's been taught not to ask questions about anything in his life, so just, again, with the, with the whole, this is everything that is not Harry's life, so therefore it must be good. Mm. Moving on. Yeah, look, term begins on September 1st. We await your owl by no later than July 31st. It just happens to be Harry's birthday. They wouldn't have sent him his owl. You know, that's just the day that everybody has to respond by. It's not Wait, your birthday. Just w- what was the, the date? Their letter, the Hog with the Hogwarts letter, says, Term begins on September 1st. We await your owl by no later than July 31st. They were expecting to hear back from... I'm I'm imagining this is a form letter mm-hmm. that all the students have to answer by July 31st, and that just happens to be Harry's birthday. It's yeah. not... So everybody gets their letter before that. Do you think that all of the multiple owls are, like normal protocol if people don't respond to the original owl they just start like multiplying and, and yeah i think there's some sort of i mean that's the odd too. thing if if he had until the 31st to write back why didn't he just figure that he had received the first letter and just hadn't written back yet because they can tell yeah i mean i would imagine they, they, ha- they have returned receipt that wax is enchanted once it's broken it you get that whole like red oh surely (laughs) vernon opened up some of them oh that's true touche that's very true never mind Sure, but I think you can tell if it reached the intended. Yeah, and like, and the fact that they didn't get a response, and that's why 
it was a, it waited a full day or two, I guess. I don't know. And it's not like any applicant or any student. Yeah, like it's a Harry Potter. They're, Potter. They're like check, there should have yeah. been like a whole like group of people going to introduce him to this world here. Yeah. But whatever. It's a great way for us as readers to get introduced to everything. Yeah, I think like, a lot of times we forget whole... that like this is the first in a series. We are right. so acquainted with this. Just like the pilot episode of a television show, it's the hardest mm. episode for a writer to write because you have to give everyone a taste of what the show is in 20 mm. minutes. And so yeah. it's like with this, like she has to build everything from scratch. And so going back to the McGonagall Dumbledore thing, I'm leaning more towards that's just a like it's it that's a byproduct of it being the first book. Yeah, it was a device. It was a way of having somebody ask the questions that we needed to ask, so we could know the information that we needed to know. Yeah. So it's like don't want to give her a too hard of a time here of like, oh well, why the hell wouldn't McGonagall already know about this before this point? Like we because needed you have to, to make know a about compelling- it. And yeah, and you have to make a compelling story here. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And like, if like they brought the whole Order of the Phoenix to pick up Harry at 11 years old, and we're all reading this, we'd be like, what the hell is going on? Like, she introduced things in such a way that she didn't set down like all five courses at the table at once. You know, she had a nice pace to all of this, and uh, you know, each little bit we learned made us want to learn that much more yeah for sure for sure i mean i think we're all sold on this series <laughs> you yeah, think just, just a you little think? bit 10 years into podcast well it's just you know sometimes i'm Pottercast. torn about just how heavy to lean into little potential inconsistencies and like forget that like there's like an actual storytelling reason for some of them yeah. but i maintain yeah. that that snake and that stupid sign it's such <laughs> bullshit <laughs> like that i will take that one to my grave there's okay. no way you, okay. anybody fair. can twist that one. Yeah, I, I'll give I you the candy. I'll give you the candy all day. I don't know. I I've been Googling some stuff to remind myself about McGonagall, and I got. you might be right about the candy. I'm looking at it, unless unless I've got it wrong. They've actually been friends since many, for many years. Yeah. So Unless Dumbledore just <laughs> got introduced to Lemon Drops recently. Maybe he had another candy. He just candy. says they're a muggle sweet I'm rather fond of. He doesn't say, like, it's my favorite candy. Like, he might have yeah. just found out about the, Dumbledore's you know. a really odd guy, you know? Like, he gets excited about these knitting magazines as though he could not summon them to him at any moment. Like, the, the idea sure, but that's of the joy. scarcity he has in Dumbledore's life in the is journey. very strange. Well, and the yeah. fact that it's something he doesn't know about. He's just... I'm... I, exactly. I don't know. Dumbledore, I guess he is very Gryffindor. But at the same time, like, he just it's also very loves information so much mm-hmm. that, like... Yeah, it's delightful. It's just a joy. Like, ooh, I don't know about this. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I would I would read in a heartbeat, like, a parallel series of just what Dumbledore was doing during Harry's years. <laughs> <laughs> And in, in every day of Harry's life that we know about, like Dumbledore probably was doing so many more. You know what would be things. fun if if we like if someone just went in for each chapter, and it just like it's just. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Dumbledore. Exactly, office, just I bet it's just the done. inverted Dumbledore side of things, <laughs> and when they overlap, yeah. obviously, just you, you refer back to J.K. Yes. Rowling's text. But I would love to pay her money or in drawings to make her do well, that. Well, here's the thing is that we actually already sort of have this because many people don't realize this, but uh, Dumbledore early in his life was actually Ron. Oh, shut who, up. <laughs> you see, How there's a bit of me. time travel. Oh, John. Oh, John. Just Google it. Just... I'm not, I'm not the, the first one to say that. You're definitely not. That's funny. Okay. Anything else happen in these chapters? Um, uh, 
Oh, well. Uh, well, there was one no. thing that I remember what I was going to say earlier. Uh, Petunia vents, like, that's when Petunia really vents about her parents and how they were so yeah. happy to have a witch in the family, blah, blah, blah. And, like, we don't, whatever happened to... Dickability? Sorry. What? I'm just singing the Full House Even song. TV. TV. Whatever, whatever happened to Petunia? No, not Petunia. Uh, what is their made? what's made in Lily e- Evans? Whatever happened the to Evans's? The parents? Like, do we know yeah. what happened? Remember when we used to be curious about whether or not, like, the Evans, like, grandparents or somebody was, like, magical or important? Or I thought there was, like, a character that... We, Mark Evans. Right. Who, who the hell was he? Mark Evans. She explained. She explained that he was just nobody. <laughs> Random Evans. Why Random would she Evans, do remember, that to us? When she made that post about like how she was moving to Bolivia. Right. She was like packing up her daughter and moving away. <laughs> because, <laughs> because she realized that it was a completely, that, that the fans were completely right to be suspicious. Yeah. And she had completely laid an accidental clue. <laughs> That's so funny. I love. I, it's one of my favorite posts of her of all time. She's like, it's just, it's just a common name. I just used it. Yeah. Oh, that's like, so funny. I love hearing that stuff because yeah. it just humanizes her even more. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's just great. really funny because like even with the Fantastic Beast stories, she's like reusing some of these last names, but like they're no accident. I'm sure. You know. I'm sure they're meant to mm-hmm. be relations. Yeah. She's probably real careful about that now. After that. <laughs> yeah. After that yeah. whole thing. <laughs> oh boy but no i don't know what the hell happened to the grandparents you think that would be interesting i think they probably just died normal normal i mean deaths. yeah but i would just i don't know like when yeah, did they die i'd like to know i just it'd just be think fun think about to when petunia and lily would have been arguing about who gets to go to hogwarts and who who doesn't and when lily died she was only a few years out of hogwarts so she was in her 20s their parents would have been presumably anywhere between their 40s and 50s unless they were significantly older when they had these kids they could have been older i like to choose that mm-hmm. yeah they could have oh. why not why not i don't know to lose them both i guess it's convenient because you know why wouldn't they take care of harry at that point well i'm sure it's a i mean it's plot it's a plot like you have to yeah they have otherwise to yeah. there's no because those that would have been a great place to send Harry like shoot you know yeah these uh, loving grandparents who love magic okay cool I mean it, that that suggests that they were dead even before Lillian James died oh they had to be well right yeah, so be. like you'd think that this would have come up in all of the stories about talking about how happy the parents were to have the witch in the family so we're talking about less than 10 years where they would have had to have went from that to than being killed or dying of natural causes. Yeah, uh, you yeah. saying that reminded me. I don't know if we have time to get into it tonight, but next time, remind me to share you guys. I think everybody who listens to this podcast will thoroughly enjoy this Reddit post that my coworker found. Basically, yeah. some of you probably have already read it because it's hilarious. Basically, this guy was getting this person was getting text from their friend about the, oh, the Harry Potter this. one and like oh like Dudley Dudley dies in in Order oh, of the Phoenix God, right yeah. and they're like no and then basically like no. Petunia hates Lily because Lily refused to cure their her their parents cancer with magic like it's like and there's this like there's a whole like sex scene between Hermione and Harry it's like so 
absurd and silly, especially for people who know the books as well as all of us who listening and speaking do. It's just so funny. Like, I was crying laughing when my friend was reading it to and me. The, the funny thing is I'm pretty sure I read that fanfic back in the day. I know exactly the fanfic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh I'll find, God, I'll, really somebody funny. I know has a link. I'll find the link. It's a pretty well-known fanfic. Yeah, it's something about, day. like, the Secret series or something like that, or... Yeah, yeah. I was I had no idea it existed, and it just tickled me so much. It was so funny. But yeah, I think that's it. All right, well, I think that is a really sturdy couple chapters there, guys. I think so. I don't think we missed anything. I agree. Next time, we're going to Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. Oh, my gosh. That's and, such a good chapter. I'm excited. And the platform from Journey from, the journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Maybe we'll be doing that right on uh, September 1st. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I mean, hell. I mean, we're not going to wait six weeks to record our next episode. No. No, we're not. That would be pretty proper. Yeah. We've had some pretty pissed off Patreons. Thanks for being patient with us, guys. We're like patient Yeah. Patient for, for for the reals. Like, do they pay by the month or by the episode? By the month. It should be switched to the Oh, episode. man. It should be the episode. We're getting screwed. <laughs> because... Thank you. All right, well, guys, I have to. I'm leaving to go to Dallas tomorrow, yeah. um, for undisclosed reasons, just to to do some stuff. Um, cowboy boots. You need to buy some cowboy boots. I need to buy some cowboy boots. Always need some cowboy boots in your life. And I'm literally going for 24 hours and coming back. So I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to get on a plane. So I have to Yay. go. That sounds fun. You have a good trip. It is. It, yeah. Um, and I will see you guys next time. Keep twiddling us on the podcast. Bye. I think next week we should start flagging our favorite quotes and who we think won the chapter. Won the chapter? Like who won the chapter? Like what character? Yeah. Who is who has the best? Who wins the chapter? Well, Hagrid won this chapter clearly. I think. Yeah, I think Hagrid wins this chapter. There's no, there's no one else. Hagrid wins this chapter. My favorite quote from both of these chapters is when Harry looks in the rags, the wet rags and says, I didn't realize it had to be so wet. It's like that glimpse of that dark, that dark Harry humor, it's so great. The, his, his, uh, supposed to be his uniform for the school. Oh, yes. That's from, <laughs> that's from chapter three. So Harry could win chapter three and, and Hagrid wins chapter four. Works for me. Right, agreed. Okay. Okay. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash pottercast. You can tweet at us at Pottercast on the Twitter. You know how that works. We're also on Facebook. You can just Google it too. LeakyCauldron.org for all your Harry Potter news. Bye! We've missed it. W-free. I confess myself disappointed. Now. If you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>